coming up on the Middle Class VO Podcast. Does anyone have a key to this room? Does anyone have a key? And they're looking at me like giant stormtroopers with heads on and (laughs) Bill Shatner's like running around and he comes to my rescue and he's like, oh, oh dear God, she needs a key to the room. Just an email away. Corporal Everest and tell us what to say. Explain a video, image and radio. Slang a local car is reading. I'll be always nowhere. Ain't no stars. No, we're the middle class VO podcast. The middle class VO podcast. Welcome to the middle class VO podcast. It's Kevin Kilpatrick here in Nashville. And Bobby Maxwell in Cincinnati, and we've got a great guest on the show today. Something we've never, ever really tackled on the podcast, right, Cap? Absolutely. You know her from some of your favorite video games. You know her from some of your favorite animation. You know her as one of the first female voices on a major motion picture trailer. Most recently, you heard her live announcing the CMA Awards. She's a voice actor, a trailblazer, and a mom, Melissa Disney. Welcome. Thank you. Can I wake up to that intro every morning? (laughs) (laughs) And you said your daughter's homesick, so she may come in at any time. (laughs) Yes. And you'll get to hear, Mom, my head hurts. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's totally fine. Melissa, thanks for being on the Middle Class VO podcast. We're going to talk about live announcing today and and women in voiceover as well. Could you share a little brief background on your career path in voice acting, how you got started? Oh, yeah, sure. So I grew up in musical theater. And that means you start out a little nuts. But it's a really great way to start out because you you grow up on stage and you grow up playing lots of different parts and characters. So animation just seemed like a natural thing for me because I was always going into character at some point. Yeah. Uh, Well, then I went off to Texas to be in a show there right after college. And um, they asked me if I would come in and do a, a voiceover after we did the TV commercial part of an advertisement for, it was, um, if anyone remembers Fiesta, Texas in San Antonio, I think it's a, a Six Flags now. So after we did a TV commercial for the park, I was like, sure, you know, whatever, I'll go, yeah, you know, put me on a horse, I'm an actress, I'll do anything. <laughs> and then I did the voiceover and they were like, oh, you're such a natural, you're this or that. I'm like, really? Well, thanks. You know, And I had already done the whole commercial, so they just had me then just voice it, you know, what I had done on camera. So it was really quite easy. And they had somebody else in another studio that was doing a Doritos ad or something and apparently was not doing a very good job. So they said, well, give it to her. She's great. And I just did it not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> and they're like, you're amazing. I'm like, oh, wow, thanks. <laughs> Just one of those things where you're like, you're thrown into something and you're like, oh, I'm really good at this. <laughs> and um, turned out I was. No. Uh, so then after that, I started training, actually, and got with an agent and uh, moved up to L.A. and did it the old-fashioned way. And that's not, now I'm here. Are you originally from L.A. and then went to Texas? I'm originally from San Diego. San Diego, okay. Yes, which nobody realizes is totally different from L.A. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get, you get the question, are you related to the Disneys often? Yes, I do get that often. I'm uh, sure you do. <laughs> and I am. It's on my, it's like 
a cousin, fourth cousin kind of thing. So nobody really knows their fourth cousins, but we <laughs> somehow do. <laughs> Not well enough to get free tickets to any theme park anywhere. But yeah, there's there's relation there. There's also really neat thing where um we got to go to the Disney Family Archives many, many years ago when I first moved here. My mom, like, you know when you first moved to L.A., or any big city or whatever, and you're just like, well, I'm just going to go meet the head of whatever, you know, and you have no idea. <laughs> There's like <laughs> gatekeepers and whatever. But for some reason, we got through and we went and we met with Roy Disney Jr. And wow. We, yeah. I mean, it was kind of crazy. I mean, we have pictures of like his dad and and his uncle Walt with, you know, my grandmother and all this stuff. There's a whole big history there. And so then we he said, well, go down to the family archives. You might find some things you like down there. We went down there, and it was amazing because there was so much information about that part of our family that we had lost. Um, There were pictures of my grandma when she was little. There was all kinds of stuff that had been burned in a fire, and they had it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So that was really fun. So then how did you get into the live announce uh, deal? After- oh, yeah, we're talking live announcing. Um, live announcing was another one of those things that I never planned on going into. And I I just auditioned. There was an audition that came through. And I was like, cool, yeah, I'll audition for it. I was completely clueless as to what was entailed once you got to the actual gig. Like nobody, nobody warned me about that <laughs> <laughs> and that you'd be in probably in a room alone by yourself and you have like directors screaming in your ears and you just have to follow along and like be perfect the entire time. It was crazy at first and there was no, there was no class for it. There's no training for it. But because I had done so much theater, um, I think that really, really helped me just to be able to think of it as an opening night. So it's kind of like, I always describe it as like 100, 100 opening nights in one. That's what Live Announce feels like. I'll bet. Wow. What yeah. was your first high stakes Live Announce job? Mm, the first high stakes one. They were all high stakes to me. I mean, in a sense of, I treat them all as if they're the Oscars. You know what I mean? Um, right, right, right. I, I've been doing them for a long time. And then I was actually in labor with our son, who's now 10, and the Oscars actually came up and I answer the call and I'm like, hi. And my agent's there and he's like, what's that? You're not going to believe this. You just booked the Oscars. I'm like, oh my God, that's so exciting. And he's like, are you working out? I'm like, not exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Someone might call it a workout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have such a cold right now. I sound like a smoker, but so anyway, yeah, I did the Oscars like 15 days after I gave birth from a C-section. It was freaking ridiculous. I was I was nuts. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> it's the Oscars. I'm not going to say no. Right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Can you take us through like what like what a live cuz you know, I I've Bobby and I have trained with you at the JMC retreat in Normandy, France and Woo! Uh, it it was yeah, it was so exciting. Fun. Uh, taking the training with you because it gives you an insight uh, on what it's like to do. The, and, you know, Bobby and I have both done these live announce things, but not near the stakes that you've done. But can you describe like a, the scenario and what it's like? Um, okay. There's so much to describe. I would say <laughs> um, 
usually you go through like a rehearsal process um, and you're there for very, very long hours, a day or two or three beforehand, depending on what show it is. Um, if it's one of the big shows like Oscars, Emmys or something like that, you will have somebody sitting with you because there's so much happening and a lot of times – well, pretty much all the time. We never actually know, even as the announcers, we don't know who the, who the winners are. So we have like a full page of things to say. As soon as we hear who the winner is, then we read off that information in what's called the winner walk-ups, you know, like, mm, Julia, this is her first win and 10,000th <laughs> Emmy nomination. Um, <laughs> this, it's whatever it is. It's like, Everything is scripted, but anything can go wrong at any time. And you, and you just have to be ready. And the, the script department is constantly getting revisions. So as you're oh, sitting sure. there waiting to go on, sort of, so to speak, they're, they're bringing scripts in and they're changing. You guys probably have that scenario too. And then somebody drops out at the last minute and they've got to redo things. And now you have to figure out how to pronounce somebody's name who just came in from Korea. And then... Oof. And then you're like calling some random friends saying, am I saying this right? And then you say it wrong in a rehearsal and then someone else comes in. <laughs> this is so funny. Whenever they come in to tell you you've done something wrong, they try to do it in such a nice way. They're like, <laughs> um, hi, Melissa. I'm like, oh, hi. Thinking, are you going to ask me if I want like another bottled water or something? And they're like, so it's um, the pronunciation of that one where, oh, like, okay, that's why you're <laughs> <laughs> but if you get it's like told when you're that you said, the principal's office, right? <laughs> yeah, but if you get told that you said it wrong um, by the director or someone else that's like on headset with you, oh no, they'll just what the hell was that? That's what they'll be. <laughs> <laughs> no, how does she not know? Someone get her the information. Like it's seriously, <laughs> somebody goes oh down the God. chain and gets in trouble. I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of describing what goes on. It was too big of a question. <laughs> No, no. So you're in a you're in a booth. There's a microphone set up. You're in a closed space, and for the big ones, you have somebody there with you to assist, right? Right, right. Because um, there's a lot there's a lot going on, and the small ones, you're you could be completely by yourself. And most of the time, in fact, never are you ever ever in a booth. There's never a booth. There's never a, oh, okay. No, there's never a sound room that's actually really prepared for you. It's literally like what they call a gelco, which is like a trailer. And sometimes you're way out back. You're not even anywhere close to the stage. <laughs> and and it's literally like old padded up moving blankets that they've covered all the windows with and a Sennheiser and a monitor and a box in front of you where there's a few buttons and one goes to the world and one goes to the director and everybody else that is in the truck and um don't confuse those oh dear god <laughs> totally <laughs> happened and it sucks but i my thing is i love messing up during rehearsals because i love getting that out of my system you know oh, bad. if i can get that one out i'm like yes thank god like i've stopped beating myself up and crying after i mess up because trust me that happened in the beginning i was like i was you know such a freak here comes my little one remember <laughs> Yes. Oh, it's okay. Your clogged up nose. You need to go to sleep right next to me? No. Okay. <laughs> no, she's all snuggled. Oh. <laughs> 
So you you had mentioned that you got the Oscars uh, gig from your agent. Do most of these come from your agent, even like if you do corporate live announce? Uh, yes, because oh, cool. because I'm old school, and I started like <clears throat> long, long, long time ago. <laughs> and <laughs> you want some water? And I would say I don't do typically. I I do corporate. Sometimes I do a lot more like charity stuff and that comes usually through agents or through the connections that I've made at um, the shows that I work on. So occasionally a corporate thing will come through, but mostly it's more like, you know, the primetime kind of shows or charity or. I don't know. There's a lot of randomness. Everybody kind of gets an award for something around here. Do you ever do ever do sporting events like up in the eagle's next nest or anything like that? No, but that would be really fun. I don't know if I'd be very good at actually a sporting event because <laughs> that's my husband's department. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the, the mispronunciation. I, I did a uh, tennis tournament and I was up in the, the eagle's nest and it was like a Croatian player or something and oh. I just totally butchered it. Yeah. And he literally turned around on the court and looked up at me like, Really? What? <laughs> oh my goodness. That so, is awesome. So it's a good thing you are in your own little space, right? Yeah, kind of, right? You can cry alone. Um <laughs> but I think that's that's amazing. I do I did do one sports thing, you bring that up. <laughs> but it was a sports award show and it was um the NHL awards, the hockey. And oh, I'm sure there were some terrible names in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have no clue what I was even saying. Everything, like I think I sat for about 45 minutes with somebody who could just kind of sound out the words and phonetically go through things with me. And that's, I do so much of that, like before the show and during rehearsals and everything. I'm, I just spend hours and hours going over, going over, going over these things. And um, some of those let me tell you, you're not always in a room by yourself. Sometimes they decide that you're going to be, and this is actually my most favorite, you're going to be right backstage. And there's just going to be a stand and a mic and a light on you. And then everybody else who's going on stage has to come by you. And they have mm -hmm. to take a look at your script, even though they're not really supposed to. Because <laughs> they got, oh, where's my line? And what am I saying? Whatever. But it's so much fun. I love being backstage. And one time... I was backstage for the Emmys, and oh my gosh, Jimmy Fallon. He's like my favorite favorite. If I ever get to work with anybody in this business, it would be him again. He's he's great. And then recently I met um, on another little show. I was right backstage. Some of the little tiny ones, like they don't even have another room to put you, so they just put you there. Henry Winkler. I met the Fonz. And he was cool. so much fun. Oh, that's great. He was so sweet, so great. And I, I love seeing what people do that that are in the spotlight, right? That have that persona. And they right before they go on stage, a lot of people have that um that little something that they do to kind of get them into the <clears throat> character, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know? And um even though it's them, but we know, like trying to get yourself like ready to go. You sometimes you, you do something funny like um Conan O'Brien does this cute little thing. He like, I don't even know how to describe it. You know how he kind of like shakes his head a little bit or whatever? He he, yeah. he does that. Like right before he goes on. He does this little thing that like gets him into where he needs to be. 
And yeah. it's like, shake off the old, I'm ready for the new, and let's do this. And I love that. I love getting to see other people's process. And I'm such a people person, so that's really fun for me. It's really, really hard for me to be off in a room by myself, like extremely hard. And <sighs> I've gotten better at it. I bring coloring books, adult coloring. <laughs> I do. And I just color. Oh, wow. Yeah, I literally color like like things like with like pretty pictures on and and things about gratefulness and and then I give them away to people. And so I've kind of gotten known as this girl who's like giving away coloring pages at the end of a show. That's cute. <laughs> do you have to audition every year so like if you've had the CMA for a while? Oh my gosh, good good question. No. It's awesome. So like once you've been with somebody for a while, if they really like you, then you don't audition. They just call you and say, you want to come back again? I say, heck yeah, I do. Sweet. <laughs> Let's get worthy. Very nice. We're talking with Melissa Disney, voice actor. And it, Melissa, if you don't mind, in a couple of minutes, um, we'd love to get a nightmare session story from you. And it could be from any genre. It doesn't have to be from live announcing. But if you could just be thinking about like a, you know, a session, a recording session, any kind of live announce situation, anything in your career that could not have gone possibly worse. We'd love to hear that in a minute if you're up for it. Right now, though, uh, you've done so many cool things in this industry. And I, I described you as a trailblazer. And I really think you are. Um, can you take us back? to the year 2000 when you did the trailer for Gone in 60 Seconds. The the VO world has evolved a lot since then, but you were one of the pioneers uh, being a female voice on a major motion picture trailer. Can you tell us about that? In the year 2000. So <laughs> that was hilarious because here I was at, um, I'm not even sure if it was called, it wasn't called Skip Film back then because he like, he took off and started his own thing. Skip and David Lai, and um, I go in to this audition, and somebody out there had recommended me. I can't remember. He told me, like, years later, by the way, I recommended you for that. I was like, thank you. Um, So I go in to audition, and they had never had a woman in their booth before, right at this trailer house. And um, (coughs) do you want a cough drop? (coughs) Okay. And so... (laughs) It was hilarious. And I didn't know, of course, like how to do a trailer. But once again, you're an actor. You, If someone says, guess what? Your character's now going to ride a horse. You're like, where's the horse? Like, let's get on yeah. this thing. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just jumped on. And they showed me clips from Gone in 60. <coughs> mm, my little one. You want some water? We pause take care of our physical health. (laughs) Of course. And now, back to the show. So, (laughs) so I think the funniest part of that whole thing was they, they didn't know exactly how to direct me because a woman hadn't done a trailer before, right? So I think they weren't quite sure, but, but they're really creative people and they had this awesome idea. And so what I did is I just watched the film pieces that they showed me and I saw Angelina Jolie and I just thought, well, I mean, if I could just be her, right? Isn't everybody want to just yeah. <laughs> look that hot when they wake up and like have that really cool hair? Like I still don't know how she did her hair like that, but it was beautiful and amazing. And she was just so sexy and so awesome. And so I just did her and they were like, oh, wow, which was not what they were directing me to do. <clears throat> they were kind of not sure what to do. So I just did whatever I thought might be needed. And then 
as soon as you do something that goes in the direction that they're liking, you know how they always want you to do it again and do it more. So they were like, um, <laughs> can we ask you a question? I'm like, sure. And they're like, can you go sexier? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I can. So I wake up like this, baby. So it just went from there. We had so much fun with it. And um, it, I think it was groundbreaking, not only just to be a female doing it, but also because of the way in which they did that trailer. There are so many other trailers that copy what they did. And if you watch it, you'll see it like how it, everything, you know, it's kind of slow at the beginning, but then there's like this tick, tick, tick of time and it gets faster and faster and faster and faster and everything comes together into one big culmination at the end. Kevin, can we can we throw in here? Let's listen to it. And we'll put yeah, it I was in about to line. say, let's just throw in a clip right now. Time it took you to buy your ticket. 3.2 minutes. Time it took you to get your popcorn. 2.5 minutes. Time it took them. Oh, let's go, let's go, go. To steal your car. Hello, ladies. 60 seconds. I actually listened to that, Melissa, before we started the podcast, and that was one of the first things I thought of. I was like, wow, this is really sexy sounding, and now that I know the inspiration, it's right on point. <laughs> yeah, because I was feeling sexy that day. I don't know. <laughs> we could thank oh, Angelina for- Oh, you feel sexy for, every day. I was just thanking Angelina for her for her inspiration. Oh, that's so funny. So do you have a, a dream job in VO that you still haven't attained that's just- up there that someday you hope to put it on your list? Mm, no, I have met every goal I ever aspired to attain. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> Not bragging, but... <laughs> Honestly, I Nailed would say... It. I would say um, the, what seems elusive to me is what... When there was a, there was a time period where it just where I was the lead on a cartoon series and I was being called in for a lot of different trailers and commercials and all these different things where it didn't, it felt like for a little while I wasn't going to have to audition for a bit. I would love that. I would love to never have to audition again. I would love to be at a point where they just call me 
Yeah. That's what I want. And where there's just, there's stability. Like, it's gone up and down and up and down. And it's never, thank God, been like so down that I can't, you know, feed my family and I have to go live in my van again. But it's like, <laughs> that was only for one night. So, you know, it's no matter. But it's, it's, um, yeah, I was really broke in the beginning. Let's just put it that way. Um, I would go to happy hours and like, that was back when happy hours had free food. And it was, it was really cool. Yeah. I lived off like Mexican food and chips and salsa. <laughs> For a long time. The rotating hot dogs on the warmer. The hot dogs, the little <laughs> mini quesadillas. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, We've no, it wasn't, that, it. it wasn't that bad. It was a little bad, but not that bad. Um, what was the question? Yeah, I, I would like stability. I would like to not have to audition anymore. I remember Tom Kenny said, oh, it's so nice doing SpongeBob now because I'm finally there. I don't have to audition, you know? Yeah, and there's cer- certain things I don't have to audition for, like shows that I do each year or something. But everything else, it seems like I do. And I, I'm i just, I tell people like when I coach, I say, look, 90% or more of what you do is never going to be heard by anybody except that one casting director or producer that's going to, you know, hear you for 10 seconds and fast forward the rest of your audition. And that part really, really sucks when you think about it. But here's the bonus. You can still own everything that you do as far as in your own heart, in your own mind, knowing that you're getting better and better and better with every single audition that you do. On the the voiceover community Facebook page this week, there was um, somebody that posted and she said, I'm brand new and I just got to say, I love auditioning. I haven't landed anything, but I love just getting there every day. I'm going, oh, honey. (laughs) Give it 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. I know. Isn't it nuts? It is. I mean, it's great. And there are times when I come out of the booth and I am just, I am so happy because I got to do something that... I really, really wanted to do for a long time. And it would be great if I got paid for it. <laughs> or I come out and I've done something really cathartic and I'm I'm like still crying from the emotional turmoil that I just put myself through. <laughs> but I'm like, that was nice. Okay, I'm through that. And and it's uh yeah, it's it's a really hard business from that that standpoint. But getting the gigs makes up for it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and you get paid to do these things that are really fun to do or extremely challenging, and then you feel even better because you're like, holy crap, I did that. I made it through, or I worked with some horrible uh, Absolutely. director, and I survived. <laughs> Talking about uh, nailing these jobs, the most satisfying part of your job, and, and booking the gigs and doing the work and all this stuff, but there's a flip side in our jobs. and talking about some of the things that could not have possibly gone worse in a recording session or a live announce session. Melissa, if you would, could you please favor us with a story where one of your sessions or live announce gigs maybe couldn't have gone that much worse and it was an actual nightmare? Well, yes, but give me one second because I just realized that my computer's about to die. I'm going to go get the plug. Be right back. Oh, okay. This is where we take that <laughs> that necessary potty break for anyone who came in and was like so excited to listen to this, and then they're like, "But I have to pee." Go now. Do, Cue do, the waiting do, music, do, Jason. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
This is when you're at your top of your game. You really got the technical thing dialed down. <laughs> <laughs> so not. That's the problem is I didn't start out knowing how to do anything technical, and I still really am struggling. Okay. That could be your nightmare, nightmare session story. Oh, my gosh. There's the nightmare so... session story is this podcast. This podcast is horrible. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My baby was sick. My computer died. <laughs> She's doing the heavy breathing, mouth breathing into the microphone. It's awesome. Nightmare Sessions. All right. So my nightmare session, there's literally been so many, but the one that always seems to stand out is one I think you guys probably already know from from our time working together in France. Um when I, I think it may have been my very first big live announce gig. I think it was an AFI tribute to George Lucas, and it was at the Hollywood Highland Kodak Theater, whatever they're calling it these days, you know, the big one, where they do the Oscars. And I was way down in one of the makeshift rooms, dressing rooms, whatever, but, it, you know, padded walls. And... um padded wall blankets and by myself and all I have is my headphones and my microphone and a a monitor and the gigantic script and I did not realize that they were going to go from a two and a half hour rehearsal straight into the show because they were running late now this <gasps> this kind of thing it just happens sometimes and so it's a big deal in live announce when am I going to pee like, seriously, when? <gasps> oh, yeah. And I knew that there was a bathroom right around the corner because people had come in and out the door. And I, the script people had come in and out. And occasionally, people were knocking at the door. And I'm like, why don't they just come in? And I thought they were knocking because they, did, they wanted to be nice and not interrupt me. Turns out the door locked automatically to that room. And I didn't know that. So <laughs> during some time, this is always for anyone who does live announcement, and you're on like a a show that has live music and a long song, those are the best pee breaks. You always like wait till you get on a good song and then run. <laughs> and yeah. so I just had everything set up, ready to go for the next line that was coming for me. And I ran out that door to go pee. <gasps> and then I thought, wait a minute, does this door lock? And I <gasps> turned around and no. it was locked. And I could not get back in my little makeshift vocal booth <laughs> and I was oh. freaking out like <laughs> we're in the live show now like we're not in rehearsal anymore we're we had gone st we'd gone straight into live and I had already like I was I was dying I, w I kept looking at that trash can like we're about to be friends if I can't get out of here so <laughs> I made a run for it at the first musical number and <clears throat> there was another musical number coming and it was all the stormtroopers that were down there with William Shatner and they're in the hallway and I'd already had to go out and tell them a couple times to be quiet because I didn't know how much the mic was picking up because they were doing this big dance number. Well, now mm. I needed them and I'm literally like, does anyone have a key to this room? Does anyone have oh. a key? And they're looking at me like giant stormtroopers with heads on and <laughs> Bill Shatner's like running around and he comes to my rescue and he's like, oh, oh dear God, she needs a key to the room. And 
And like, <laughs> I explained to them what's happening. And he's like, there's a man, there's a man with keys. And there was, there was a little tiny man. And he had this giant <laughs> ring. And apparently everyone had been having problems because they had just turned these doors into automatic locking doors or whatever was going on. So everyone is running around trying to find this man. And I'm running with stormtroopers down here <laughs> in the basement of this building trying to find the man with the keys. We find him. We run him. They literally... I don't know if they picked him up and just brought him to the door. I don't know. He was so scared. There's people with guns, fake guns, but there's people, stormtroopers, trying to get this man. And we're all, and like, William Shatner's like, go, man, go, go. And he's like, it's so, it has to be a movie someday. Because he's literally going from key to key to key. And people oh, are telling no. him how to do it the right way. He finally gets me through the door. I slide into my seat and I put on my headphones and I hear... I hear the director say, announcer, go. And I just said what was on the page, not knowing <laughs> if it's the oh right page. And it was because I was ready oh. for the next thing. And I and everyone literally, there's like 10 faces in the door looking at me like, is it right? Did you do it? Is it okay? <laughs> and I give them a thumbs up and they're like, ah, and they all leave. <laughs> like everything's done. What a done. visual. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but guess what? I never made it to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> I checked that door before I went. So I was, it was great, but it was horrific. Because I, I, I literally had a, I had a meltdown. <laughs> I melted. We're waiting. I We're waiting. <laughs> no, I did not go in the trash can. I have, I, I don't know. I think I must have found another, um, Bladder? I, I found another bladder. <laughs> no, I came up with a new idea. <clears throat> I came up with a thing. You know how like when you're wearing a gorgeous gown and you have to wear those spanks that just hold everything in? And mm. I I came up with this idea called a spank potty So you just uh, you get a little zipper going on the bottom and you just attach a little tiny bucket. <laughs> That's a spank potty <laughs> Just for live announcers. No, I think what I did is I found another door and a I pulled off one of the moving blankets from the wall and I just shoved everything in the doorway so that that stupid ass door would not lock on me again. Oh, uh, that is wow. so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa Disney, thank you very much, so much for that story. And before we go, uh, you know, you are like I said, you're one of the pioneers uh, in voiceover uh, representing women all in this industry. What advice or what can you tell women in voiceover in the industry right now? How can you empower them even more? Because it's it's y'all's time to shine. <laughs> Kevin, that's a huge question. Or you know, just anything <laughs> brief, just like, go for it. Follow your dreams. Or like, you know, reach for the stars. Don't say, don't take no for an answer or whatever. I don't know. Oh gosh, you're so funny as I just like hawk a loogie to the side because I'm so sick. Um... <laughs> Learn how to work sick, I guess, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, kind of serious, though. Uh, there's so many of those that work. Don't take no. Keep going. I guess that would be my thing is, like, just keep getting back up and getting back up and getting back up. And when you think you've done all you can do to give, give more. Just try to be kind to everybody out there. Not everybody is going to know how to direct you. <laughs> I won't tell you about that sort of scenario, but we have all probably been through it. Um, oh. Yeah. 
I would say have a life outside of voiceover. That's been really good for me. Like some people, their their world just revolves around it. And I'm like, don't you do anything else? Did you have a life? Do you have any hobbies? Do you have a family? Do you, you know, I think this is, this is our work and it can be fun and it can be exhausting, but it's not your everything. That's great. I love that Excellent. last one. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick, uh, before you go, if you want to give a, a shameless plug for your um, production or your de- demo um, uh, company that you and Ryan and uh, Sundholms um, put together. Yes. You can, you can sure. Do that right now. <laughs> we, we decided to start our own little demo making company. We call it the Demo Dream Team because so many people were coming to me for for demos and I was like, oh, I don't know how to do all the, the tech stuff, but I love directing them and helping write them. And my husband happens to be an incredible writer. So um, the Sunholms, Michelle and Steve came to us and said, what do you think about the four of us get together and do this? And it has worked out so well with, we're having a really fun time. And, and like Steve is this incredible engineer and he knows how to do everything. And Michelle's doing tons of voiceover work and, She's great at helping direct and coordinate and, um, you know, she just has that that beautiful, soft, lovely side where <laughs> she yes. really connects with people so beautifully. I love it. And then she does. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she? Such a neat personality. And then we keep it really small and it's very boutique and it's it's really nice because we we cater everything right to the client instead of like we're not a demo mill. You know, right. what's your website? We it's um so go to melissadisney.com and you can play around on the website and you'll find links to the demo dream team there. Excellent. Yeah. Melissa Disney, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and we hope your little one feels better. Thank you. Well, happy holidays and happy new year to you. Thank you. It's so nice. And next time can I interview you guys? Cause I feel like I did all the talking and I really would like to hear what's going on in your lives. <laughs> That's kind of the concept of the program. So. <laughs> oh, well, the middle class VO podcast, middle class VO.